Welcome to Two Cents of Fashion Podcast. Hi guys, welcome to Two Cents of Fashion. And basically we talk about business, fashion, the business aspect of fashion specifically. I know we talk about like fashion and then the business aspect of fashion, but today I want us to niche down on the business aspect. So I brought a business professional and I will let him do um, the introduction himself but amongst many, 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 many things he does. He's a business consultant. I'm a world-winning business consultant. So please, can you introduce yourself, who you are, what you do? Okay, my name is Tululokwe Abiodun. Um, I'm a sales and business developer, and uh, primarily what I do is I help businesses um, make more money, especially when it. I work for them. <laughs> and I also, I also um, help um, startups with advices and how to grow. Amongst many things, amongst many things, amongst many things, I can have to add that. Amongst many things, yes, amongst many things. But thank you so much for doing this today. And I think it was very, it's very important that um, we talk about the business aspect of fashion, and also the let's let's talk about business. Let's talk about like let's talk about the numbers of the business. We'll be starting off with, um, like you just said, you make businesses make or you help businesses make more money. I'll just let's just double back on that a bit. How? Okay, one of the primary things in sales, I'm of course like whatever will make a business grow is what they are able to sell. Mm-hmm. You know, and two particular things: one, you need to lead generation. You need to be able to identify the businesses that you want to sell to or that may need what you offer. Mm. Some companies might not know about you or might not even realize that they need what you offer. But if you can understand the business and how you can help, then you can sell. So lead generation, identifying prospects, and then last thing is converting those prospects. It's very easy to just identify one and say, oh, this is... Second is you need to convince them that they should be with you. Mm. And then that's where negotiation comes in place. So primarily, yeah, that's what that was most important. You guys have heard it. Not just prospect, but actually conversion. Because that is what we increase your bottom line. That is what we increase the profit. I mean, that's what we increase the profit. That was what we increase the top line. Because bottom line, <laughs> <laughs> the worst best hits you. But <laughs> uh, tell me about it. So you guys have heard this. Top line. Top line or bottom line. Okay. Now, okay, so um, I said we should start with the basics of business structures in a, for a creative business. Like, I want to start now, example. I want to start a business today, and I actually want it to be the real deal. I want to actually make profits. What are the ground structures? What are the ground rules? What are the foundational structures I should put in place to even position my business to be a business, a creative business, a fashion business that will make profits? Um, I wouldn't, I mean... Let me start with some basics in industry. Mm. There's what's called Potter's Five Forces. Yeah. If you're going into any industry, you need to understand those forces. Guys and uh, that. <laughs> that talks about power, the power of the suppliers, the mm. power of the customers in the industry, what the competitive rivalry is like, mm-hmm. um, uh, the threat of substitutes to whatever goods is being sold. And I know there's entry one more entry, exactly. Now, when you talk about fashion itself, the entry... It's very low. It's so low. <laughs> and that will also relate to a very high competition. True that. Like, can you even try to keep in, put a number to the number of brands, luxurious brands? Let's not let's talk about the ones that are low. Mm-hmm. Luxurious brands that we have. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the thing about it. And if you're going to go into that industry, you need to look at 
those particular forces starting from where you are because mm -hmm. if you're going to sell you need to start from where you are and then see how you can grow to be big and when the first thing is the, so before before the butterfly forces the first thing is feasibility study mm. if there is no demand for what you think you want to provide why go into it how, how do you perform feasibility study as a small business like when people hear feasibility studies what comes to their mind is i have to outsource this to someone and it's fine if you outsource it to someone yeah you just have to have the money to follow that up but how would okay i don't have money i don't have the uh, nothing just me, I have money. Just me. <laughs> receive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> money you have money <laughs> but yes as a business that you do not have a budget let me hear you don't have a budget for how would i as a person be able to conduct the feasibility studies within or you know my, my own range like can i personally conduct that and how can i do that okay um i mean there are two ways i know right now that mm -hmm. you can have a feasibility study Done. without even like having to spend money mm -hmm. and definitely that will have to do with people around you mm. try and find out or people that you maybe uh, mark or see that they dress well, try and find out what is their taste like and why do they like to look this way. That's one. Two is when, will I say the idea comes to you, when you, when you see the demand coming to you. Let me use myself as an example. I don't know if you know that I used to make suits when I was in university. No way. Oh, I, I'm surprised <laughs> I've not told you that. No way. So I actually used to make suits. I stopped because it, it almost stressed my life in final year, maybe because Very of nice. um, some different things. But I didn't know how to sew. I didn't know how to sew. So mm. what happened was I had someone that used to sew for me, but I used to tell them the kind of designs I wanted. And people loved the way the suits looked on me. Mm -hmm. And so they started asking me to help them sew. So all I just did, I was a mediator. I want so to shade you. Is it that big suit I saw you? <laughs> <laughs> that was a play. That I actually wear nice suits in Jesus' name. <laughs> okay, continue, continue. So, so yes, and um, the first suit I did, I made a, just one suit, I made a profit of 5000 I'm like, eee! Five thousand was money then, guys. Just so yeah, you know. yeah, it, it was, was money good then. Money then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old, but, but it was good money then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it was, it was good, and I made like I was able to do some few suits, and I was able to make up to about fifty thousand. Mm. And those these suits I made were not up to two digits, so mm. that's less than ten. Yeah, you know. So the idea, could, the demand, when you realize the demand in the environment you find yourself, that's already a feasibility study. Mm. So. Just try and see, okay, do people really want to look this good? How do they want to look good? I thought, ah, people want to wear suits. So once seasonal time was, it was seasonal. So seasonal time will be convocation, mm -hmm. matriculation, but you have to put yourself out there. So now you've discussed, um, like, the structures and um, systems that they should have in place. A feasibility study, they should definitely get a feasibility study done. Mm -hmm. What else would you add? Um, how they intend to how they intend to put themselves out. Mm. Now, there are different ways we could talk about it. We know we, we know very much about the big the big boys, the Juju Amanis, the Dios. But what of let me use um some some clothing brands that we know, Trips clothing, for mm. example. You know, I'm just imagining that Shola just started and then he has grown on the community. If you can get which of your friends is kind of influential where you find yourself, just do something for them, let them wear it and advertise it. Mm. In Trips Clothing's case, Pastor Iren. Mm. You now put an apostle to wear your suits. Apostle, apostle Iren. You put an apostle to wear your suits. Ah, ah. The whole church has worn your suits. That's it. <laughs> because that's putting you out there. Um, there was a time uh, Trips Clothing's have actually, all the designer suits I've worn have been done by Trips Clothing's. Mm. And 
about 10 times people have messaged me and say who does your suits mm. now trips because they didn't even pay for that advert True. you know so that's one way that people could also how go as well how do you want to be recognized how do you want to you be need there? to put yourself out there either through someone through your friends push up put yourself out there mm. now you've discussed um that aspect of the structures that should be put into a basic business like you are just starting you, mm-hmm. so you start up creative business those are the structures you've mentioned mm-hmm. now let's go into what should a successful business what should a successful startup business or at least a business that's yet to break even into the market what should that look like within six to eighteen months of operation <laughs> six, i know see guys it's not it's not a one size fits all this is just a estimate around okay you know what Within six months, six to eighteen months of operation, yeah. this is what this is what like signs they understand, yeah. and it, yours might not exactly come of how um, Abeti Abiodun would put it to mm-hmm. they understand how how exactly he would put it. So what what does that look like? Let's start with that with you. Within six to eighteen months, of operation. Going, you know, of operation, you now normally for startups, they always say this thing that you start with making loss before you break even. Hmm. But fashion doesn't necessarily have to be that way. That's the truth. Because what's going to keep you going or encourage you? Because initially when you start, especially if you're just by yourself, when you start, mm-hmm. you are probably going to have to use your own money, your savings, your capital, or call it crowdfunding. True. Yeah. So, but if maybe you are established and then, you know, you're a big, like, I guess as big girl that you are, you don't want to just, you know, you've commanded some influence. You don't <laughs> want to put yourself out there. Okay. Um six to 18 months you need to show an increase there used to be growth in your revenue mm. and that growth needs to be consistent now it can decline at a point but that decline shouldn't take long mm. because what i'm saying so is fashion can be seasonal mm. for example i'm um, in in foreign countries there's a pattern is a certain kind of clothes that would be selling around november december january those are very seasonal collections clothes. yes it could be seasonal depending on what you are putting out mm. but that that's um that consistency even if it's seasonal must be seen mm. and i'm talking about revenue i didn't say income mm. because if you can see that you are growing your revenue let's say you are pitching to to people to um to invest in you the fact that you are growing your revenue you cannot explain that your increase in expense is why you need your money which will help so that's the i mean if there's nothing else i, I will talk about that partner in increase in revenue six to eighteen months I'm saying that because it cuts across. Some people could be in millions, could be in thousands, but let it be a consistent growth in your revenue. Hmm. Any other thing else? That's it, majorly. That's majorly it. I, I, I think for me, that, that makes total sense. Like, let me see that you are growing bit by bit because people want, like, you have to have vision, experience, and, like, foresight for you to invest in a business that's consistently failed. And you won't just invest in it because it is. Oh, you know what? I like the business owner. It's because you are planning on making changes that would make the business profitable. That's why. That's the exception. And we're not running on the exceptional rule here, guys. We're running on, oh, you know what? This is a track record of what has worked and this is what should be done at least. Do you understand? So that totally makes sense. Thank because you Because so, I could so see much. some other fancy things. Mm-hmm. For example, you can say that you've grown and from two um, branches or outlets, you had six. Mm. If your figures are not showing me increasing revenue, I'm not interested. I mean, you're not even wise first of all okay that's that's new do you understand so expansion <laughs> but you have to have money to even expand <laughs> but some people feel that like we say you know we say you have to put yourself out there mm. so they feel like oh let them see our signboard 
let them know that we're around. Then so we'll that do means some you nice keep clothes. putting more money into it. That that that's why before you decide to even have your first outlet, mm. you have to have that increase, and to majorly start from your community. I mean, that was like I, I was privileged to manage um, the CEO of Rough and Tumble when I was in GT yeah, Bank to manage her account. That is how she started before she could have her first. Can't remember the year. Her first outlet. She had to have friends. She also had friends that would need um, clothes, their children to have clothes to go to school. So she was helping them to sew and the likes. Mm. And then voila, from time when she was seen that I could make profit, she then grew ahead and they started planting branches. Now, the one I want, I think this is the interesting interest. I really want to talk about this because it's important, guys. Important, if possible. It's so important. Let's talk about funding investors equity for creating business <laughs> finally <laughs> we got it to hey, we. i know you have so much to say about this so i'm going to sit down take a note to write write some things down let's talk about funding for creative business for creative businesses let's talk about investors and also the whole issue of equity um bringing on like angel investors like you mentioned um earlier like different Let's just talk about it. Let me, let me know. Oh, I'm not good with myself. So please, let, speak, speak, speak. Permit me to make this interactive first before I go ahead. Hmm. I want to throw this question back to you. I've come with um, a fashion fashion business plan. Hmm. What are the things that you would want to see that would encourage you to invest in my company? Just off the top of your head. Off the top of my head. Best things first. I, I am a people person, so I would definitely start with people. Like, who runs the business? Who calls the shots at the business? Yeah, what's the person's personal character like? I know that might not be some, to a business businessman. It might not sound like, do you understand? But for me, I invest in the business as much as the people. So who is the person calling the shots? You have sense. Let's start with that. Do you have sense? <laughs> do you understand? Are you logical and not just emotional about, do you understand? Because I think for startup businesses, quite a number of times we are very emotional about it. So yes. Who is the person calling the shots? Who are the people working with you along the line? Are you the only person running with that vision and all? It, it's see, it's not a, it's, it depends. So, secondly, very important, Edakon, where's your books? Let's talk numbers, which I think I had to pay school fees for this not too long ago to learn. Because, um, <laughs> um, it was important that I, I, it's important I see your books. So, what exactly are your profits like here? And again, for a very volatile, no, I won't even say volatile in sense, but for a startup business here, yeah, it can be either ways. It's still a 50-50 chance. There's this number that runs where it says um, within two to three years, not many startup businesses, between 60 to 70% of them go out of businesses. Now, knowing that kind of numbers, fam, I want to see your books. Like you said, are you growing? If you are growing, how much profit are you making? Do you understand? It's fine if it's not so much. What can I bring on to your business that will help? That's another very I think that's the third point. What am I bringing on to your business that would help your business? Are we helping? Is it a mutual, beneficial relationship? Or are you just coming on? Do you understand? So I think those are like the three very important things that I would look at. But also, are you relevant? Are you relevant? Are you just... And again, there's also that initial, initial rush where, you know what, you come on as a business, you understand, you've gotten your friends, family, people around you hyped about it. By the end of the day, we see 1,000 people doing exactly what you're doing and nothing makes you different. Not your price points, not what you're offering, not the value. 
my if let's say they do the talk. <laughs> but yes, your relevance even after the do you understand over time, do you stay relevant? So like when I was thinking about it, I asked myself that what would encourage me hmm. to invest in someone? True. Now, first of all, um venture capitalists, they hardly invest in fashion businesses. Is that just relative to African fashion businesses or it's a worldwide thing? And I know you might not be able to give a definite answer, but a relative answer to you right now, is it something that is global or it's just in Africa? I would say I believe it's global because the point at which venture capitalists begin to invest is when you are big. Like those, I'm talking about the likes of Dior. So one thing that's, I, now the question you asked me is about funding, but let me, I think let me um, channel it into this. Right. If one thing that fashion business, even the big ones, try to do to expand is partnership. So you are going to begin to look at partnerships. For example, there's someone in Nigeria that makes neck tags that has Jesus. Mm. And one of the things I've seen is there are different Christian celebrities that wear it here and there. Mm. People see it. I have, I have one. I've had five. Now, I don't know the person responsible behind that business, but that business is growing. Mm. However, the business might be stifled to grow beyond just having neck tags. Now, you might be doing clothes and I might have a way to bring neck tags into selling those clothes. Mm -hmm. But that's, that, that's by the side. What I wanted to go into is partnerships. I think that's something in Nigeria that, or Africa that we don't really leverage on. Mm. For example, people don't know that Rihanna, Rihanna's brand, Fenty, mm. Fenty. is owned 50% by her and 50% by LVMH. Have you heard LVMH? That, uh, I think that there's such a huge knowledge gap to be breached. I think what they've hacked there is there's a mother brand mm -hmm. that has hundreds of popular brands. Some of them in the same competing markets that people now think, oh, you know what? I don't like brand A, I like brand B, but they are all owned by them. Now, we're talking about the numbers. Now, they are all owned by the same mother company. Do you understand? Yeah. These are the mother companies. They see a business with potential and they buy it off at a exactly. point. You understand? At a certain point, they buy it off. So, yes, that's, 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 that's a thing. That's it. That's definitely So, you're looking to be funded. Truth is, you might most likely be bought up True that. if your business is doing well. Michael Kors um, acquired Jimmy Choo. Jimmy Choo makes shoes and accessories in 2021. July, that was when it was announced. Yeah, I believe so. I think 2017, actually. And I think he acquired it in 2018. Not just Jimmy Choo. Do you know that Versace has been acquired by Michael Kors in 2018? Some might be like, oh, you sold your business idea. First of all, look at how much it was acquired. Versace was acquired for $2.12 billion by Michael Kors. Jimmy Choo was acquired by for $1.2 billion. Do we have businesses in Africa that have such acquisition, like a mother company like that? I hardly see partnership in the, let me use Nigeria, in the Nigerian space. There's this Yomi Casual. You know Yomi Casual. Mm. One of the ways it blew up, like one of the first points I mentioned, AY, AY the comedian. He shows for AY comedian. And AY will wear the clothes, post on Instagram, and then put his name. Now, what that does is marketing. Other services will see it. Ah, ah, let's make this guy sew my suit. Mm. Imagine Ebuka's this thing. Ebuka's uh, tailor. Ebuka of Big Brother Nigeria. Mm. Tell me that from when people have found out that he's the one making those Abadan <laughs> suits. That's, that's no, that, that was mad. As a young um, fashion enterprise in Nigeria, mm -hmm. looking to grow, if you see that you find it hard to get funding or even angel investors, look for partnership. Try to convince those big boys in the Nigerian space mm. how your own fashion, of course, it might be differentiated, not the same how thing. How do you shoot your shot in that sense? I think it's something I ask whenever people say, oh, you know, I try to convince how. How would you shoot your shot to get financial funding from 
people that have been in the markets for a while. Great. Create a proposal. That's where the business plan comes in. In every way that you... Your proposal doesn't have to be big. I mean, six slides in PowerPoint. But make sure that you are showing... You are explaining the, revel, the re, uh, relevance that you believe your own product can bring to their own product. One. Mm-hmm. Two, you are showing your figures. Mm-hmm. And then you are showing the potential. Mm-hmm. Those are three things that they would want to see. So young fashion industries or companies that want to grow should begin to explore partnership if they find it hard to get angel investors. You know, I've not heard of, I try to even look online, I've not heard of any partnership in Nigeria. I don't even know if Rough and Tumble has acquired any, or someone should shoot their shot. It can be that if you know someone that you know, me for example now, I know the CEO of Rough and Tumble, you can tell me that, oh, if you shared your idea to me and I think it's making sense, I can talk to her via a phone call. I think that that totally makes sense, like what you just said about farm you have to know your you know have to know your bits you have to be able to put it to pen and paper that someone that doesn't know you can make sense out of it can make financial sense out of it you understand don't be afraid to shoot your shot let's talk about international funding now we've spoken about funding within the local markets finding investors within local market let's talk about you shooting your shots now for international brands for not just for collaboration but okay you are like I have this business. I feel like if you're able to come in or come on board, the question is even at what point you even ask those questions that, oh, you know what, I think you guys would like to come on board. How do you shoot your shot as a business still in the growing phase to such investors? You know, when you ask this question, I just try to flash back to fintechs. Before 2016, there wasn't really, we, don't, we, don't, we know the year, this one got funding, that one mm. got funding. The big dogs first began to propel. We were in a flutter wave, how it was growing in his business. Mm-hmm. And then Paystack, then what happened? Paystack got acquired for $200 million. Flutter wave kept on growing. And that now became a conduit for others to bring up fintechs and get funding easily. Mm-hmm. Between 2019 to 2021, that was where there was, spon- there was funding spree on fintechs. And it was majorly from international bodies. Mm. Why? Because they're looking at Nigeria. Nigeria was never seen as a place that could be explored for payment or fintech solutions till then. Now, I wonder if our culture that is the extinct, you know, because if you're going to do English clothes and say you want to sell it over, they, they, they probably would not give you attention. You need to now go with a differentiation. Mm. I, 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 can, I can say this because I went for a conference in America in 2018 and I carried a native at Adire, mm. to be precise. And I sold it as a normal corporate shirt coat mm. and I wore it. And people were looking at me at the conference and asking me, oh, nice. When they were saying that, honestly, like, this is a business idea already. <laughs> because it's different in that society. True that. True. Very true. I was having a conversation with a friend and I was telling her how high-priced Adire is in the international market. Like I said today, yeah, you get a direct for twelve to twenty-four thousand But if you go to the UK, it's priced between thirty to sixty pounds. Now I get the whole cost of oh, you know what we are transporting and all that. But these things are well appreciated in the international markets, but not just because it's different, but it's also of good quality. Yeah. So guys, yes, your difference makes you stand out, but quality is important. Quality is very, very, very much important. That difference is our selling point work it do it like put your put your back into it awesome so finally one of the the second to last questions that i'll be asking is let's talk about financing let's talk about bookkeeping for a startup business i i think one general idea people that are just starting up or are 
what's it called now? Haven't broken even into the market. It's now, I won't generalize. Do you understand? People might have not broken even for several reasons. But let's talk about finance and bookkeeping. How important is it? How should you be able to set up structures that enable you to, you know what, stay disciplined in that sense? Okay. Um, first of all, if you're not good in good keeping, bookkeeping, maybe you should have a partner that is good in it. Mm. You need to have a partner that is good in it because you need to know where money is coming in from in every angle and where it's going out from in every angle. <clears throat> and um, I, I, I mean, honestly, no business is not just it's just just limited to fashion. Like there's no business, there's no kind of business you're trying to start up that you won't need bookkeeping. So get someone, just get someone that can do bookkeeping. Really, you do not need to. Um, and again, if you're going to start up, a, if you're going to go into um, a fashion, if you're going to bring up a fashion business or startup, try to have people. You know, most times it's just one person. Mm. When you are selling to angel investors or venture capitalists, they're going to see that as a key man risk. So if something is wrong with you, can the company continue? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying that is, you might not necessarily be the accounting type thing. You can just do basic keeping the financials, but you might need to get someone. If you feel you have the creativity, you'll probably... Where can you get materials to even educate yourself on that? Bookkeeping? Mm-hmm. Ah, Coursera. <laughs> no, actually, that, that YouTube, Coursera. Some things I learn, I actually learn them. Like, if I find, if I have a difficulty or I'm on Excel and I can't do something, I go on YouTube to find out how to do it. And then that's how it just grows my knowledge. Mm-hmm. So Coursera, YouTube, you can easily learn. That that's not something. That's a basic for starting a company. Okay. Really. Growing your knowledge on bookkeeping. If you can't get someone that can, well, make sure it's there. Make yeah. sure because what did you call it now? A human risk. Human risk. A human risk. That if you do not have that, guys, it's easy disadvantage, and that's all I get to help with. That you position yourself best as a business that is investable. Like the business that can they can invest in, and also a business that can grow and can still make a, make profit, because we want you to actually make profit. We want you to bring in this money. All right, all right. I, we're rounding off, and finally, <laughs> this is what I like to ask at the end. So, is there any business, a, any myths about creative business that we should debunk? Or, you know, any table we should break? <laughs> any myths we need to debunk about creative businesses that is quite a common knowledge, but it's actually stereotypic or misconception? Let me first say one thing that can never be a misconception. <laughs> Just... <laughs> That to start a creative business, you have to be creative. That's why they call it creative business. Mm. But if we go into fashion, let me let me speak in terms of fashion. Please, don't let them lie to you. You don't have to know how to sew to have a fashion industry. Mm-mm, that's not true. That's actually not true. You don't need to know. Um, and I think I think fashion industry actually. Let me say this: it spreads wide because we've mostly been talking. I mean, I think I've been talking about based on clothes. There's, I think, cosmetics yeah, also um, involved in the fashion jewelry. industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even service-based fashion businesses. So, but to be to think that you need to be able to let, let me just use clothes to be able to sew to run that. No, I can't sew. Yet I ran one mini one mini fashion industry for like six months, <laughs> and I made about fifty thousand. And if I was going to start a business that way, I was already building 
my capital from the income I was making. Mm-hmm. And that was because I was acting like a mediator. Now that tailor will be grateful to me because it's more like a commission. Now I have the out, I have the reach, and I'm able to bring people to him. So mm-hmm. what I found out that people do mostly is. This lady I met too, she used to work in a very big industry and then she resigned. Why? Because she had her own company. She was managing a fashion company. She makes um, actual keys. All these wedding clothes that people wear. She does know how to sew. She has tailors that do, that do them. Up mm-hmm. to about 10 tailors. For every clothes that they do, they get a commission on it. Mm. Now, there are some people, Niger- there, are, there are very talented people in, um, you can get those people and because of the reach and influence you have, get access to people use their talent to make clothes for those people and those people will be making money and you will be making money. Mm. So let me not spend too much time on that. The first thing, you do not need to know how to sew. Okay. Yeah, but you have to be creative mm. because if everybody, they do clothes and you should just say, okay, you just want to come and do clothes and add what's to the population. No, no, what's, what's differentiating what you are selling? Mm. And that's the thing about the perfume business. There are some perfumes that you would not buy because I'm, I'm sure every perfume maker makes their perfume believing it smells nice. To, oh I went to, get, to buy perfume and this <laughs> bottle was designed beautiful until I smelt it. Hmm. I know when they smell like that. Do you understand? So, <laughs> what's, what's the creative? That creativity now has to do with your factory nerve, your sense of smell. Hmm. You can have others, uh, others um, get that too. Then I think one more... Any other uh, meat you like more, to debunk? No, meat. No, not meat. Like, it's meat, right? Jesus. <laughs> One moment um, that should be is thinking that you have to be independent. Mm. Because maybe your, your fashion brand now is Bellumi Worldwide and you think, oh, it's my name. I have to just know. That takes me back to what I mentioned, partnership. Mm. You can partner with people. Now, some of the fintechs into fashion that I've gotten funding, one I can think of is Size, size B's. Size B's, let me see if I can remember the name. But size biz, they got funding. Now, what do they do? Now, what size biz does is that you are able to take a video of yourself mm-hmm. on an app. Size kick, that's the name. You're able to take a video of yourself on an app, and then it will get your measurements, your bust, your arm, your. After mm-hmm. this, I can show you yeah. your bust, your arm, your thighs, everything. You just take the video, you just put your phone, then you turn around, and then it, it does an AI assessment. Now, imagine that you have a website. And you now partner with this particular brand. And then your customers, they don't need you to come to get their size. Because in Nigeria, major, major retailers now, they need to come and meet you to collect their size. Mm. If you can remove that part, you're already creating a service. True that. Do you understand? You're solving a problem. So you don't think you need to be independent. That's what I'm trying to drive. Yeah. Do you agree that many people think that? Ah, I, I am always, I have said it over and again. I preach collaboration on fashion business. I speak, I, I preach like it is important that you think big. It's important that you look at the bigger picture. And at times it's fine. It's not true. If it's not just you that can achieve that dream, you understand. Obviously, look out for yourself. Yeah, it's fine if you are the initiator of that dream, but you can also have followers that would help you fulfill that dream. Yeah, and it's also nice if you have a different perspective. Yeah, so it's fine. It's okay if you share. It's okay if someone comes on to also help you with it. Again, cautious, but yeah. But that sounds, that's absolutely brilliant. I think the independence, like, it's almost a, it sounds like a culmination. What I'm saying so is, don't, you don't think you need to know how to sketch to be, mm. to, to be, uh, to, to start a company. Very true. Don't, I already said so. 
don't think you need to know how to bookkeep you yourself to start mm. a company. So that independence, that independence is something that if you can debunk, definitely you can grow your business. All right. Thank you so much, Aviti. Thank you so much, Aviadun. Thank you so much, Tolu. You are the same person. Guys, don't think it's the same person with three names. It's the same person with three names. It was a pleasure, Pels. But thank you so much for coming on, guys. This is Akin Bells again on The Sense of Fashion. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you've been able to take one or two things or one or two cents. One or two cents away from this to learn to also implement because that's the whole idea. You don't just learn, but you also implement and that's when you're able to see results. So thank you so much, guys, for listening. I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast, the next episode. You will definitely, definitely enjoy it. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.